Welcome, everyone, to the NBA podcast on RJ Bell's Dream Preview. I am your host, Munaf Manji, and joining me, as usual, to talk all things NBA, I've got my co-host here with me at Sleepy J. Sleepy, how's it going this uh, Thursday evening, my friend? Doing quite well. Can't complain, so I won't complain. <laughs> Wes Band once told me, you can complain, but not sure how many people are going to actually listen to your complaining, but... Uh, another week of NBA in the books here to preview the Friday card. And you know, guys, how we usually do it here. We're discuss a couple games on the Friday schedule here. Give our best bets. We'll also uh, give our player prop best bet. And it is also Friday, which means our Friday five contest back on pregame.com. So we'll give you our Friday five here as well. Sleep, let's just dive right into it. Let's recap our picks from last week. Another winning week uh, for the podcast going two and one. You had the winner with the Minnesota Timberwolves. They were hosting the Indiana Pacers and took care of business in that game by 23 points. I got hooked on my best bet. I had the Brooklyn Nets against the Golden State Warriors. Warriors won that game 120 to 116. Our player prop best bet was a I think one of the easier ones that we've hit this uh, season, Sleepy, we had Luca over 33 and a half points. I know you and I were texting back and forth, and I said Luca had 30 points at the half, and he finished the game with 40, uh, so that one got to the window. So we've been doing pretty well with our player prop best bets, but um, anything that's kind of stuck out to you, or at least from our picks last week, or anything that you want to mention? Yeah, I was just curious your thoughts, if your thoughts are kind of the same as mine. So my best bet last week, ends up winning with the Wolves. And I'm sitting here looking. I'm like, all right, the Wolves have, like, the best record in the league. And I'm just sitting here off, and I'm just like, could we just disregard this team as being, like, a legit title contender? Like, I'm kind of thinking in the back of my head, like, they're not going to be there. Do you kind of feel the same way? Like, it's just a team that we could just kind of throw to the side, like, oh, yeah, you're, you know, best record in the league, but – you're not going to be there when when all said and done. Is that kind of how you feel? Because I hate to say that that's how I feel, but that's kind of how I feel. Yeah, I think that they need to gain some playoff experience uh, with this team. Right, they're still a young group. Right, you have Anthony Edwards that I did expect to take that next step this season, and he's done that. Right, and I think he's going to be more one of the more prolific players in the future in the association. Um, and then, you know, there were still growing pains last season. We talked about with Rudy Gobert and Carl Anthony Towns and how Chris Finch was going to try to figure out how he's going to have both of those guys on the floor at the same time and still be efficient on the offensive side of the basketball. And I think that was the main issue last year for this team. But you take a look at the construction of this team. It's a really good team defensively. Obviously, they are uh, number one uh, or number two in the entire league as far as defensive rating goes. But I think when we get into the playoff picture and discussion, I'm not sure if I believe truly in Chris Finch to lead this team in a to a deep playoff run, let alone win an NBA championship, right? Because I still think that this team at minimum needs to get to the second round, get to the Western Conference Finals. So as the roster is constructed right now, Sleepy, I don't think it's a championship championship caliber roster just because i think they still need some bench pieces on this team but i mean you look at the core of it right anthony edwards like i mentioned he's going to be one of the great younger talents in this league going forward carl anthony towns is having a great season he's healthy rudy gobert looks like he's back in form of defensive player of the year maybe not this year sleepy but i think going 
into the future if they're able to keep this team together and add some pieces around it as far as bench depth goes i think they could be in that conversation of being a championship contender uh in the future but this season i don't think they are uh, in that conversation right now for me i had a feeling that you were probably gonna end up saying that because that's just the way that i felt um that it was just a team that is just sitting at the top of the leaderboard there and i think we've seen this you know when years past uh kind of like the houston rockets kind of ring a bell even the milwaukee bucks you know you go out there and it's like oh we win the regular season but Mm -hmm. i think you're right with with that one thing is that they need to have experience in the playoffs at least getting into that second round or getting to the western conference finals and either winning or losing, just getting that experience is going to be big for this team. I think they're going to be a team that's going to be trouble going into next mm-hmm. year. I don't think anybody's yeah. going to want to see them because if their roster is this good now, they're going to add another piece or two, and then they just might be completely unstoppable. So it'll be interesting, but you know, it kind of sucks seeing that they're the, the number one team in the league right now, and we're both kind of just saying, yeah, you know what, you're probably not going to be there at the end. Yeah, and I mean, speaking of teams that are in that conversation – of being championship caliber teams. That's been the LA Clippers. And I know that we talked about earlier when they did make the trade for James Harden, that they were going to go through some growing pains. And it seems like they've gotten past those growing pains. They've reeled off nine uh, wins in a row prior to the game on, um, on Thursday evening. It looks like that winning streak is going to be snapped for the LA Clippers. But, you know, we talked about the move that Russell Westbrook, uh, volunteered himself to go to the bench for the betterment of this team. And right now the LA Clippers um, prior to the Thursday night game had won nine games in a row, nine and one over their last 10 games, 17 and 10 overall. They're sitting that fourth spot right now in the Western conference, 11 and three on their home floor, doing a great job in the Western conference in those conference games with a record of 14 and eight with a point different uh, point differential difference of plus 6.4, which is the third, uh, best in the western conference and maybe do you think that this team with the clippers have found has finally turned that corner or are you still a little bit skeptical about this clippers team yeah i think they kind of turned the corner at least with getting you know russ to the bench i don't know what you think but he looks like a completely different player coming off of the bench versus being a starter and i'm not going out there and being like oh yeah russ is great you know russ play he actually played rather well as a starter but i've been watching him come off the bench and it just um he doesn't look anywhere near what he looked like when he was a starter. So I don't know. Hopefully he'll be able to hold up and, uh, you know, they'll be able to go ahead and chug along here. I know Kawhi was out um, in the game tonight. So, I mean, I'm not surprised that they lost and then PG. So this is going to be a tough team. Um, I don't know where you sit with this team. If they don't make the Western Conference Finals, I would be surprised. And we talk about this often come playoff time is that, some teams are just built to win series, and I feel like this Clippers team is going to be built to win a series against all the other teams in the league. So, yeah, I haven't put any money down on this team as of yet, but that's uh, that's definitely something I'm looking to go ahead and do. Yeah, I mean, just over this past week for the Clippers, I mean, I don't know if a lot of people have actually watched their games. Um, James Harden is starting to look like that guy. Um, he was with the Houston Rockets. And I know there's been flashes of it there where he had a great game uh, the other night where he knocked down eight three-pointers. But I think the more exciting part, if you are a Clippers fan about that game, was how animated and excited the bench was. I mean, I had never seen Kawhi Leonard 
be that excited and animated on a four-point play that James Harden had in that game. Uh, Russell Westbrook as well, Paul George. So it seems like that this team has turned that corner. And I know, you know, they haven't played the the greatest competition, right? But we always say you play who's in front of you, and these are the opportunities for this Clippers team to really figure it out. And I think that Coach Ty Lue has has done a great job thus far, and we'll see how they do against some of the more you know tougher comp, uh, competition in the entire league. Right? They have games coming up against the Celtics, and now with John Morant back for the Grizzlies, so we'll find out how great this uh, team really is. But right now, as far as after the trade they made. For um, James Harden, it seems like that they have turned that corner and kind of gone through those growing pains, and they are going to be uh, one of the tougher outs, like you mentioned, in a in a seven-game playoff series. Another team that is uh, playing well right now and has been without one of their star players, Sleepy, that's been the Chicago Bulls. Now, Zach Levine has been um, classified as having a foot injury i'm not buying into that just because i do feel like they are uh trying to find a trade uh for zach levine i know we heard about a few weeks ago that both zach levine and the uh bulls organization were going to try to work towards a trade uh and shipping him out uh whether that's to the lakers um you know whether it's kings those are some of the teams that have been in the rumors but one player in particular that has really stepped up in that span with the absence of Zach Levine has been Kobe White. And I think that if you're the Bulls organization, the front office and a fan, I think this is a guy that can really take on that point guard duties for this Chicago Bulls team because he's been playing really well. And you take a look at the Chicago Bulls over the last 10 games, they are nine and one against the spread eight and two straight up. They're on their way to another victory on Thursday night uh, against the San Antonio Spurs. Actually, they did already win that game, 114-95, so another victory there for the Chicago Bulls. So what have you seen from this Bulls team without Zach Levine uh, in this lineup? They look good. If I were the Lakers, I would rather have Kobe White than Zach Levine. I agree 100%. I, I would rather have a young kid um, that's playing his best basketball right now of his career that can go ahead and take control of that offense. Getting rid of Levine is probably going to be a help for them. I mean, they're going to, I mean, they could also, um, they could get rid of Lonzo, I think. I think Lonzo's, um, I think he's he's done But at the end of this year. Um, I think even DeRozan can go. So, I mean, this team could end up blowing up the whole thing. I don't know if they'll do that, but I think it starts with Levine. And um, my guess is that if the Levine thing goes well and they can really clear a lot of uh, dead weight out of here, that there's a possibility that they'll do that. But I think Levine's going to be kind of like a, like a domino. It's either going to be a domino in, in for a good thing for the bulls, or it's going to be a bad thing. So this is the best version of the bulls team. And it's surprising to say that because Levine's very good, but this is the best version of the bulls team that I've seen thus far this year. Yeah. I know that um, earlier this month that the rumors had come out that they were looking to move both Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan. Obviously DeMar DeRozan is a guy that can be that final puzzle piece for a contending team and uh, put him over the top um, for a team. So we'll see what transpires as we get closer to the 2024 year and also closer to the trade deadline uh, in the NBA. Sleepy turn the page, uh, page to the Friday night schedule. A uh, couple of intriguing matchups we wanted to dive into here. And the first one, it's going to be an Eastern Conference matchup. Uh, the Philadelphia 76ers 
They are welcoming the, the Toronto Raptors to town. Nick Nurse's former team coming uh, to the city of brotherly love. Currently, as it stands right now, the Philadelphia 76ers are sitting as a eight-point favorite in this game with a total of 228 and a half. And the Philadelphia 76ers at home this season have been one of the more dominant teams when it comes to uh, the spread. 11-4 and four against the spread at home through 15 games. That's uh, 73.3%. And they are 19-8 and eight, um, overall this season. But as a home team, the Philadelphia 76ers also 11-4 and four straight up this season. Uh, Toronto has been a team, Sleepy, that I haven't been able to figure out because there's times they look like a team that can get into the top five of the Eastern Conference, and there's times where I feel like that they can not make a playoff run, and there's been rumors about, you know, every season about Pascal Siakam possibly being traded, OG Ananobi and those names, but this game right now, minus eight in favor of the Philadelphia 76ers. What are you thinking about the spread here? I like Toronto in this game. I like them in this spot a lot. You know, one of the things that I think that you always have to consider around this time of year because Christmas is coming, that these players have families, they have kids, they have things that they need to get done. And unfortunately for the 76ers, they play on Christmas Day. Yep. And not only do they play on Christmas Day on the road, they have like three or four more road games right in a row. Toronto, they're off for Christmas. They're done on the 23rd. Then they're going to have four days off. So this is going to be a really, really good spot here for the Raptors and not a good spot for Philadelphia because I have a gut feeling they're going to be preoccupied trying to ram and cram all their Christmas stuff in before they end up going on the road. So that that's something that you really want to consider, and that's not just for basketball. That's for football, too, in some cases, you know, college basketball, whatever the sport might be. But I think it, it really hurts the NBA teams more. And it, this is just a bad, bad spot for Philadelphia. So I'll take the Raptors plus the eight uh, without a doubt. I would, I actually would not be shocked if the Raptors won this game outright. And if you are, you know, kind of in the same camp with me thinking that this is a bad spot for Philly, don't be afraid to sprinkle a little bit of money on the Raptors because uh, it, this is just a, t- a terrible spot for Philadelphia. Yeah, situationally, this is a really tough spot for, like you mentioned, for the Philadelphia 76ers are also playing on Christmas Day. This is going to be the third matchup between these two teams this season already. Um, Sixers are 2-0 straight up and 2-0 against the spread. The first game of the season was a uh, a spread of five points uh, in favor of the Sixers. Uh, they did win that game by seven points. And then uh, the other one was uh, back on November 2nd at uh, at home for the Philadelphia 76ers as a seven-and-a-half point favor. They took care of business in that game by 15 points. But... I agree about what you mentioned here, that situationally, this is not a good spot for the Philadelphia 76 And despite how dominant they have been at home this season, I think this is a spot where the Toronto Raptors can come in and, and you know, I think definitely they can cover the spread here. Um, you know, I'm not as bold as you that, you know, uh, thinking that the Raptors could steal one here. I'm not, I wouldn't be shocked if they did because we saw the Chicago Bulls earlier this week go into Philadelphia and they stole the victory. Uh, by a score of 108-104 in that game. So I'm with you. I think this is a stretch of too many points here on the spread here. I do like the Raptors in this spot, plus eight uh, for both Sleepy and I, for the Toronto Raptors against the Philadelphia 76ers. Any other thoughts for this game here, Sleepy, between the Raptors and the Sixers? No, but I think you kind of brought up a pretty decent thing here that maybe to discuss with, with the Bulls, like going in there and you're like, oh, you know, I didn't see that happening. Again, this is a week where typically – 
Um, teams don't don't practice a whole lot when you get stuck in a situation here like Philadelphia. So maybe it's just been kind of uh, one of those just weeks where they're just completely preoccupied. And maybe you look to go ahead and play on Philly after you know this. Like maybe it, this is going to be a play on thing. Again, it's all situational at this time of year. I would look to go ahead and just wait on Philadelphia, fade them now, and then maybe once the holiday comes, maybe go ahead and look at, at going ahead and backing them because clearly – um, if, you know, if they're able to go ahead and miss practices and, and go in and get all that liberty that they're going to get before the holiday, because they have to go on this road trip, then it's probably a road trip. That's just nothing but business and basketball. So that's just kind of the way that I would approach it. Yeah. hundred percent. Uh, second game of the night, a Western conference battle between the, the Phoenix suns and the Sacramento Kings Kings, welcoming the Phoenix suns to town. Uh, currently as it stands right now, the Phoenix Suns are a three and a half point underdog in this game in Sacramento with a total of 245 and a half minus 155 on the money line for the Sacramento Kings and plus 134 the Phoenix Suns Kings at home this season have been pretty decent and you take a look at the numbers right now they are 10 and four straight up they have struggled against the spread here seven and seven but this has been one of the teams that isn't trendy towards the over in their home games. 11 and three is the over uh, in the Kings home games thus far this season. Meanwhile, the Phoenix Suns, it's been tough sliding for them because they've had their big three coming in and out of the lineup. I know that Devin Booker was missing some time there. We saw Bradley Beal finally did return, but in that first or second game back, he rolled his ankle and he's going to be out for a couple weeks here for the Phoenix Suns. So it's just been tough injury luck. For the Suns thus far this season on the road, they are seven and five straight up, five, six, and one against the spread, and 75 towards the under. Um, and they did struggle in their last three road games here, Sleepy, that they have lost and have not covered three straight road games. They lost to the Raptors, they lost to the Lakers, and in a shocking loss um earlier this week to the Portland Trailblazers, where they lost that game 109-104. But right now, catching three and a half points are the Phoenix Suns. Against the Sacramento Kings, what are your thoughts on the spread here? Um, it's tough because I think the Suns have revenge, right? I mean, the Kings beat them the last time out, but the Suns are going to be without Nurkic. I think that that's going to be a little bit of a hurt. I'd like to see if Malik Monk plays. If he ends up playing here for the Kings, I would probably maybe look at the over in this game. I know it's high. It's like 245, 246. But I think the over stands a pretty good chance to go ahead and hit. I mean, it's just going to be – I could see this being like a three-point contest mid-range. Nobody's going to be able to stop it. Uh, I would lean towards the over. Man, I really want to take the Suns, but you know what? I'd probably end up passing. Yeah, I'll pass the side. I'll just I'll just play the over. I think that that's the only way that, that I would feel comfortable with that game. Yeah, this number does feel spot on, right, Uh, with the Kings being at home. And quickly, like you mentioned, the injury report that they are going to be without Yusuf Nurkic in this game are the Phoenix Suns. And then for the Sacramento side, uh, the questionable tag on Malik Monk, he is dealing with a right foot irritation. And, you know, I hate to agree as much as we have on the the podcast, uh, but my first look, look was towards the over in this game. Uh, like I mentioned, the Kings at home this season, 13-3 and three towards the over. And there's a team that historically, especially when De'Aaron Fox is in the lineup, they like to play with a lot of pace. Um, you take a look over the last five games, the Sacramento Kings are top 10 in pace. 
I know Phoenix doesn't play with a lot of pace, but they are the more offensive efficient team, especially when you have Devin Booker in the lineup and Kevin Durant, two guys that can score from any spot, you know, on the floor. So I think we'll see a, a high pace game, a lot of offensive talent on both sides of the on the floor here. And you mentioned no Nurkic in this game for the Phoenix Suns. I think that's going to open up even opportunities for Sabonis uh, against the against the Phoenix Suns, right? Because Nurkic, despite him sometimes being in foul trouble, I think that he does provide some type of rim protection for the Phoenix Suns and can give fits to Demonis Sabonis. But now without Nurkic in the lineup, I think Sabonis could have an uh, easy time getting some baskets under the uh, under the rim there as well. So. Um, I would look at a Kings team total in this game here as well. Uh, on the season, the Kings at home this year are averaging close to 124 points per game, but they're also at the same time giving up 122 points per game as well. So, um, yeah, the pace is going to be there. A shot making should be in there uh, in this game here as well with all the offensive talent. I agree with you over on this game here, 245 and a half. As far as the spread goes, I, I do also like the Kings here in this spot, uh, minus three and a half uh, as far as the side goes. All right, turning the page here, Sleepy, let's get into our best bets for the Friday night card. And I'll lead it off here. Now, I'm going to pinch my nose here a little bit, uh, and I am looking actually at the Washington Wizards. They are headed to the Bay Area to take on the Golden State Warriors. Currently, as it stands, the Washington Wizards are catching 12 points against the Golden State Warriors, currently with a total of 248.5 in this game. And look, I know the Washington Wizards have been one of the worst defensive-rated teams in, in the entire association. There's no question about it, right? In fact, on the season, they are the second worst uh, defensive rated team, um, only trailing the Charlotte Hornets thus far this season. But for this Wizards team, they've actually been really good on the road this season um, against the spread. They're, despite being just 2-14 and 14 straight up on the road, they're actually 10-6 and six, uh, against the spread. And we've talked about the Warriors extensively on this podcast as well, Sleepy, is that the Warriors... It's been, you know, the complete opposite of what was transpiring for this team last season where they were really bad on the road and really good at home. And traditionally, the Warriors have been a good home team. But this season, seven and six straight, seven and six straight up, they're four and nine against the spread are the Warriors at home as home favorites this season, two and eight against the spread. And I know the Wizards are playing on uh, Thursday night here, so they are going to be in a back-to-back -back situation. But in back-to-back -back situations this season, the Wizards are 2-1 and one against the spread. Haven't won a game, but they have covered the spread in both of those games. And on the road in back-to-back -back situations, they are 2-0 and oh against the spread as well uh, when they are on the road in back-to-back -back situations. Also, worth noting, obviously, Jordan Poole making his return in the first game since... The trade from the Warriors to the Wizards. Expect him to be, you know, motivated for this game. And I'm sure he's going to mention this in the locker room that this is a game that he wants to absolutely go out and get against his former team. So um, I like what I've seen from the Wizards, especially on the road, like I mentioned. Uh, 10 and 6 against the spread. Warriors at home haven't been very good. I think this is a good opportunity for the Washington Wizards to go in there and at least cover this spread. I just feel like this is too many points 
for a Warriors team. I'm going to take the Washington Wizards plus the 12 points here against the Golden State Warriors here, Sleepy. I don't dislike that one. Um, I think the only thing that gives me a little bit of concern, actually a couple concerns here, and it's It's not a concern against your Wizards pick here, but maybe a little bit more of a concern for, for Draymond Green. The fact that he's been off the floor now for what, like 12 games, I think like this entire year, but uh, the last like four or five games that he's been out, the the Warriors have actually been winning. So uh, that could be a negative thing for, for Draymond, but maybe it's a little bit of a positive thing here for the Warriors. So um, th- that was the only thing that really gave me a little bit of hesitation was like, is this team actually better with Draymond off the floor? Because don't forget, like CP3 wasn't on this team, you know, last year. And it's like, well, let's take Draymond off the floor and let's insert CP3 and see what this team looks like now. And it's not, I don't want to sit here and say that they're, you know, they're great. But, you know, the fact they beat Boston, you know, they beat Portland, Brooklyn all in a row. Um, they are playing pretty good basketball. But um, at times you, you feel like, oh, yeah, we can trust these guys. And then they go out and they lose outright. And uh, they did sleep with your, uh, they just leave you shaking your head. It just feels like a lot of points to me. I mean, I could see nine, but it feels like you're getting an like an entire extra basket. It's like they want you to lay, um, they want you to lay as many points as possible with the Warriors. But have the Warriors ever looked like they can beat anybody by twelve this year? I mean, no. I don't even think that they should be laying twelve to, you know, Detroit or anybody like the worst team in the league. It just feels like way too many points. It feels like uh, like like they're begging you to bet the Warriors here. So I don't want any part of that. But now what are your thoughts with Draymond being out now and the fact that they're winning games? And I think they've actually won four out of their last five games that he's been suspended. Do you think that uh, – what do you think ends up happening with Draymond, you think? I, I think it's going to come to a point where, like, the front office and maybe even – Steve Kerr is like, all right, maybe it's time for us to move on from Draymond Green. Because I think it's coming to a point, I think we mentioned this earlier this season, is that the Warriors at some point are going to have to start playing the younger guys on this team, right? And we know that Steph Curry more than likely is going to retire as a Golden State Warrior player. Maybe possibly the same thing with Klay Thompson. And, and Klay Thompson has actually looked... Like the Clay Thompson of old, at least over the last four games, you know, he's he's stepped up in the scoring department where he scored at least 24 points in four straight games for the Golden State Warriors. But I think it's going to come to a point where there's a certain – and I think this is anything like that. It comes to a point where you can take so much. And I think that was this maybe the last straw for Draymond Green for this uh, Golden State Warriors team? Possibly. But if I was a front office, I would look at it and say, hey, maybe it's time for us to move on. Let's see what we can, you know, get out there for Draymond Green and, and trade him. And I know that he's been the catalyst of this offense. He, you know, he he's been the glue of this team, at least on the offensive side. And that's why they've had so much success with the core of the Splash Brothers with Draymond Green and Steve Kerr. But it's sometimes it comes to a point, Sleepy, sometimes that you, you know, it's probably best for the Warriors organization. And possibly maybe even Draymond Green to go their separate ways and find him and find another destination from him. Because like I mentioned, there's been some type of hesitation for Steve Kerr to play some of the younger guys. And we finally saw the lineup change that 
Steve Kerr made, right? He moved Andrew Wiggins and Kavon Looney to the bench. He started Pods. He started um, Jonathan Kaminga. And they've had some success, especially on the offensive side of the basketball over the last couple games here ever since they they made that move. So I think this is an opportunity right now. We know that Draymond Green, the news came out that he's going to be out at least three more weeks for this Golden State Warriors team. And that's going to be a pivotal period because, again, those wins and losses are going to add up. And when we talk about things like tiebreakers and playoff seeding, like these are the games that are going to matter. And now this is an opportunity for, I think, not only for the coaches of the Warriors in the front office to see what life without Draymond Green may look like on the floor if they do, in fact, maybe try to trade him during the season or maybe they decide to go their separate ways in the offseason. But for the Warriors... I, I again going back to this game, like you mentioned, I feel like it's just too many points. But again, I think that it just comes to a point where all, all great things have to come to an end. And I, and I personally, for me, and I'm probably in the minority here, sleepy, is that I would want to move on from Draymond Green. I know you're a Draymond lover. <laughs> I am. I do. I like Draymond yeah. a lot. I love his intensity, and I think that that's one of the reasons why the Warriors have kept this particular team together is because it doesn't matter who's on the floor. Like he's going to get you to play your best basketball and be intense and you know, have you just have you playing your best basketball. I mean, he's he's basically like a coach that's on the floor, you know. Um I just that that's just the way that I see Draymond is that he doesn't let anybody half ass um when they're out there doing their thing. He 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 understands how to run an offense. Um and a defense. I mean, he pushes his guys all the way to the to the brink, but I don't know, man. I feel like it's a little harsh, like another three weeks. I mean, he's already been out how long? I mean, it's not like he, it's yeah. not like he, you know, tried to put the guy to sleep or nothing like that. It was one of those, you know, just reactionary type of things. But, um, yeah, anyway. It's reputation, right, with Draymond Green. Like, it's just everything that has transpired over his career where I think that Adam Silver and the league offices were like, all right, enough is enough now. Now we got to bring the hammer down. Uh, on Draymond Green so I I think that's where you know this hiatus where he's going to be away from this team and you know making him do the I guess quote-unquote the proper things uh, to get back on the court um, for the Warriors I I think that that that's where I think all that transpires from yeah I think a lot of it is just you know you don't want to see that a guy suspended and then it's like oh suspended suspended again it's like like, dude, what are you doing? It's like you get nothing but technicals, double technicals, flagrants, suspended, suspended. It was like every other game, it's like we're all, you know, sitting on eggshells wondering what's going to happen with Draymond today. Well, I mean, now we don't have to worry, right? So hopefully we won't have to worry when he comes back because you do think that. At least I do because I like watching the Warriors play and I'm just like, what's Draymond going to do today? You know, and that's one of the reasons why I like, like I, I like him is because not only do I get basketball but i get entertainment too you yeah know? it's like how could you not you know enjoy seeing that and i grew up in the 80s around that stuff and that i mean that basketball was uh there were a lot of dream on greens out there on the floor back back in those days but yeah um i'd be with you i would i would rather take the take the wizards than anybody in that game all right sleepy take us to your best bet for the friday card what do you got for the people all right, um, so I'm going to be extremely boring here. I, I really think that the best bet on the Friday card is the Toronto Raptors plus the eight points. It's just an absolutely brutal spot here for the 76ers. So 
that's my handicap. It's short and sweet. We already talked about that game. But the best bet on the board, I mean, I'm looking at it. I really think this line probably drops. So I would get a hold of the eight as soon as you can. And, uh, yeah, I think this probably closes maybe Philadelphia, maybe minus seven. That's kind of where I'm at with that. But the Raptors in my eyes, that's like the easiest bet on the board in the NBA tomorrow. There we go. All right, best bet for myself. Again, the Wizards plus the 12, and Sleepy is going to take the team. Up north, the Toronto Raptors visiting the city of brotherly love, plus the eight right now as it stands against the Philadelphia 76ers. So you'd be a lot of great things happening right now on pregame.com. Uh, where and what can the people take advantage of over on the website at pregame.com? Yeah, if you guys simply go to pregame.com and enter code GREEN20, you guys can save 20% off anything for the listeners of this NBA podcast. And that will include your 2024 all-access for your favorite pro at pregame.com. But if you go ahead and do buy now, uh, you will also get the rest of the 2023 season as well. So you're going to get all the bowl games. You'll get roughly 10 days of college basketball, NFL. So it's a, it's a pretty good time to buy. You guys will probably, I mean, you save a little bit of money, you know, just uh, getting the, uh, the rest of December all the way up to the new year. But, you know, you're going to save 20%. Off anything, and and that's not just uh, you know an all access. I mean, you guys can save twenty percent on anything there uh, at pregame.com. So if you guys are looking to go ahead, invest a little money on some picks on some pros, uh, make sure you guys go to pregame.com and do that. There we go. Uh, Sleepy Friday. It means it's our Friday five again. Friday five. We'll pick five players on the card, and we'll accumulate. Five players who we think are going to score the most points. Again, go to pregame.com, go to the contest tab, look for the Friday Five thread, and enter your Friday Five uh, into that thread there. And if you are the winner, you'll get some bulk dollars uh, for pregame.com. So maybe I'll kick it off here for our Friday Five here. I'll start here with Tyler Hero of the Miami Heat. Jimmy Butler has been ruled out for this game uh, for the Miami Heat. He is dealing with an ankle injury. And I think that one player that has obviously returned for this Miami Heat team earlier this week is Tyler Hero. And we know Hero is a guy that can score at will when he does get the shot attempts. And obviously with Jimmy Butler being out, I think his usage rate is going to be through the roof. Back-to-back games for Tyler Hero. He's got at least 17 shot attempts up. In those two games, he's also knocked down 10 field goals each. And he's a guy that can get to the free throw line as well. In back-to-back games, he's put up 25-plus points. He had 28 against the Orlando Magic. And now you're going up against the Atlanta Hawks defense that we know is not very good uh, this season, especially in a game that has a total of 238.5. And they, the books are expecting this game to come down to the wire right now. Miami Heat set as a 1.5-point favorite. I like Tyler Hero in this spot. Uh, to come out and uh, take on the scoring responsibility against Atlanta Hawks. So I'll get off their sleepy Tyler Hero uh, for our first player for our Friday Five here. All right, so Tyler Hero, I'm going to go ahead and give out probably the squarest pick on the board here. Joel Embiid, I think you have to have Embiid in there. Embiid's just been rocking and rolling. I think he's had 42, 40, and like 51 his last three games, so. Nobody's stopping Embiid right now, and look, he's he's probably going to go ahead and, and make a real run again at an MVP type season. And 
you know, these are the type of games and these are the type of performances that, you know, go ahead and get that job done. So I think he just eats up here uh, on Toronto. I don't think Toronto's going to be able to do anything to stop, you know, Embiid. But again, going back to my best bet, uh, it's not just all about one player. It's about the entire situation. But if one person on Philly shows up, it's going to be Embiid in this game. So Embiid, I think we definitely have to put him in Friday five. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, he's now he's going for a fourth straight forty-plus point game. Is Joel Embiid? Uh, next, I will throw in there. We'll go to that game that we did talk about between the Phoenix Suns and the Sacramento Kings. Kevin Durant on the season, he's averaging thirty-one points per game for this Phoenix Suns team, and we know it's a two-man show in Phoenix, right? It's Kevin Durant, it's Devin Booker. Over the last five games, he's averaging 31 points, including a 40-point performance um, he had in the last game against the Portland Trailblazers. And like we mentioned, that the Phoenix Suns are looking for some revenge going into Sacramento, um, where the Kings did beat the Phoenix Suns on their home floor. But Kevin Durant, I mean, this guy, we know he's a guy that can score from any point uh, of the floor. Him and Devin Booker there. On the uh, road this season, Sleepy, Kevin Durant is actually averaging 33.2 points uh, for the Phoenix Suns. So we'll throw Kevin Durant as our, as our third player for our Friday Five. All right, well, we'll stay in that game. We'll go ahead and we'll plug De'Aaron Fox in as well. Uh, Fox has just been, you know, he's he's the team's best player. I mean, he goes out there, he scores, you know, 30 points a game. I think the fact that they're on a back-to-back, that they'll push him more in this particular game than they will on Saturday's game against Minnesota. I think Fox is going to end up dueling Durant or Booker one way or another. It's just going to be a shootout between uh, Fox or one of those two guys. So I think Fox probably goes for 30, 35 plus in that game. So I think we got to plug him in as zero well. Yeah, we did like the over in this game, the second highest total on the board uh, for the Friday card, 245 and a half. Uh, we'll close it out with another former MVP here. We'll go with Steph Curry of the Golden State Warriors. Um, like we mentioned, they are hosting the Washington Wizards and the one consistent player that we know is going to score points um, in abundance is going to be Steph Curry on the season, averaging 28.2 points per game, did come off one of the worst performances of his career. In fact, in a game against the Portland Trailblazers where he did not knock, knock down a three-point shot, but he bounced back very nicely against that game against the Boston Celtics in overtime. Um, and we know that he's going to get the shot volume as well. And I know other guys have stepped up for the Golden State Warriors, but... When I look at a player in Steph Curry, I know what I'm going to get because he's one of the best shooters that we've seen, if not the best shooter in our generation. Uh, he's efficient, one of the best free throw shooters in our in the history of the game as well. Another guy, like we mentioned with Kevin Durant, that can score from any spot on the floor, and that's beyond half court as well for Steph Curry. And, and two of the last three games, he's had scored 33 or more points. For the uh, Golden State Warriors, you had 37 against the Brooklyn Nets. And then, like I mentioned, the last game in overtime against the Boston Celtics, 33 uh, in that game uh, for Mr. Stephen Curry. It's their sleepy. So that'll round out our top. Sorry, that will round up our uh, Friday five uh, with Stephen Curry. I'm RJ Bell, and I'm going to give you some straight talk. Now, there's two types of people that try to be healthy. One is the fanatics. They're the types that show up in Vegas and they got a water bottle and they got like a celery chopped up. And let's forget about them because I'm nothing like them. And you know what? I know a lot of them love AG1, but I'm not speaking to them. You guys got it covered. You know AG1's good. I'm talking about the people who try, but they're not perfect with it. And to me, that's what 
makes AG1 perfect is you can have a big dinner and maybe eat a little too much. Maybe have that glass of wine or that beer. You're not feeling great. Next morning, you have the AG1 and all of a sudden you're back feeling good. And to me, if you can have that as your home base in a way, that, that center, that equator, that center that you can return to at any time with just a nice drink and feel healthy, well, I love it. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 and K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash rjbell. That's drinkag1.com slash rjbell. Check it out. DraftKings, the leader in fantasy sports, just dropped a brand new fantasy app, Pick 6. Now, what's different about this thing? I was never a big fantasy guy. You know why? Is I always worried, you know, who's on the other side? Who am I playing against? With Pick 6, you're not going against another player or players. You're going against the bookmaker. You're going against the number that they put up. So all you got to do is pick between two and six NFL players and choose if they're going to have more or less of the stat that interests you. Download DraftKings Pick 6 app now and sign up with code RJ. That's code RJ. Only at DraftKings Pick 6. The crown is yours. Gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER, 18-PLUS in most eligible states. But age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Valid only in states where DraftKings Pick 6 operates. Pick 6 not available in all states, including but not limited to Connecticut and New York. For up-to-date lists of states, please visit dkng.com slash pick6states. Void where prohibited. See terms at pick6.draftkings.com. Uh, one order of business left here, Sleepy. That is going to be our player prop best bet. We did get to the window fairly easily last week with Luca going over 33.5 points in the game last week. So hopefully we can continue our winning ways with our player prop best bet. I'm going to toss this one to you. Where are we going with our player prop best bet for the Friday card? All right. Well, let's go right back to that Toronto 76er game. Joel Embiid. Under five and a half assists. I think that's a very, very good wager. And the reason for that is because we think he's going to go ahead and score a lot of points in this game. And it's not like he's get really trying to get into like any rarefied error, but you know, it's difficult to score 40 points, let alone in one game. Now you're looking at one, two, three in a row. He's trying to make it four in a row. And I think once you make it four in a row, you know, it becomes, I don't want to say rarefied air, but, you know, you start making headlines and, and doing things that, uh, you know, a lot of players in this league just can't do. Uh, Donovan Mitchell ended up having like four 40-point games in a row last year, you know, and that caught headlines. I mean, that, that makes the ESPNs and, you know, you need to make those type of headlines in order to be, you know, an MVP type of candidate, but... Look, I think that Envied that is obviously the best player on this team, and if he wants to go out there and score 40 points, he's going to go out there and he's going to take all the shots that it takes to go ahead and get that. So uh, I could see him going ahead scoring a ton of points in this game and just reducing how much he looks to go ahead and, and assist the basketball and get, get the other guys involved. So I, I feel like this is kind of like a one-man gang kind of game here for Philadelphia, and that's one of the other reasons why I kind of like the Raptors in this game. You know, asking him to get six in this particular game, um, yeah, not really feeling it over the last five games. He has gone over this projection of five and a half just once, which was against the Chicago bulls, but sleepy pop quiz here. 
Joel Embiid has played in 22 career games against the Toronto Raptors. How many times do you think he has gone over five and a half assists in those 22 games? Oh, I like this question. I'm going to say twice. Close. Three times he's done this uh, in his career. And not unfortunate for us, but... He has done it uh, twice this season in back-to-back games, eight assists and seven assists. But again, like you mentioned, I think it's just going to be more the scoring factor for the Philadelphia 76ers. And again, in a game where this team is relatively healthy, I know they may be without DeAnthony Milton, but obviously the point guard duties fall on Tyrese Maxey, and they're going to just tell Joel Embiid to go out there and do what he's been doing over the last, I mean, this entire month of December, like you mentioned, just putting up MVP numbers. So um, expect the distribution responsibility to fall on guys like Tyrese Maxey and Tobias Harris in this game and let Joel Embiid go out and do Joel Embiid thing. So our player prop best bet for the Friday card is going to be Joel Embiid under five and a half assists in this game against the Toronto Raptors. So maybe that is going to wrap it up, my friend, for this NBA podcast on RJ Bell's Dream Preview. Any parting words for our wonderful listeners? Yeah, uh, make sure you guys go to pregame.com. Make sure you guys enter code GREEN20 if you plan on picking up anything there at pregame. Make sure you guys have a happy, safe holiday. Uh, Don't do anything crazy. Don't do anything stupid like I would do. But just uh, make sure you guys are are having a, a nice holiday. Spend time with your friends, family, loved ones. And uh, be safe and enjoy, uh, you know, enjoy, enjoy the holidays. That's all I got. There we go. I mean, you know that everything uh, that you mentioned, um, again, have a safe holiday. Enjoy the time with your family and friends and don't do anything stupid like Sleepy may or may not do. Uh, But yeah, another great podcast here, Sleepy. Hopefully we did find some more winners uh, to put in, put some more money in the pocket of our listeners before the holiday season does wrap up here. But uh, again, like Sleepy mentioned, go to pregame.com, check out everything that's happening, and make sure to use that special promo code that we did give out to take advantage of anything on the website at pregame.com. All right, we'll talk to you guys later this week. Till then, good luck with your bets, and we'll talk to you guys down the road.